Hey guys, do you have time for a quick chit chat before we start the show? Of course, Sir Nate's a lot. We always have time to chat with the guy who invented non-lethal hide and go seek. <laughs> yeah, Sir Nate's a lot. Speaking with you is sweeter than marshmallow macaroons. Well said, Brent. Merci beaucoup, Catherine. That's nice, but I'm about to say something so shocking, so unbelievable, it will change the way you see me forevermore. Lock your words in a box and throw the box in the sea, you golden phoenix. No matter what you say, we're still going to make your birthday an international holiday. Yeah, you golden phoenix of lore and legend. No matter what you do, Nate Day will soon be celebrated by all the children of the world. I know, but I made one little tiny mistake on last week's intro, and if we don't redo them, my legacy will be tarnished beyond repair. So go ahead and open up your new scripts, and let's start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and I'm a moth burglar. Hmm, that's a strange combination of words. Yes. Could you please explain a little more? Well, you've heard of cat burglars, right? Do you know why they call them cat burglars? Because cats are criminals. So close, Brent. Really close, dude. They're called cat burglars because cats are very quiet. Oh, okay. I understand now. You're a moth burglar because moths are even quieter than cats. Bingo. Moths are the most quiet thing we got. They're basically two flower petals glued together. When I do my burgling, the only thing you're going to hear is your wife screaming a week later when she realizes I stole her ruby brooch. I don't know. Moths aren't that quiet. Are you freaking kidding me? Moths are so quiet. I've heard blinks that are louder than the loudest moth. I've heard birthday wishes that were louder. Stop this. Pro-cat propaganda and admit that moths are the ultimate bug for crimes. Yeah, Brent, admit it. Okay, I admit it. Moths are the ultimate bug for crimes. <laughs> That's better. Speaking of guys who bump into the wall and then keep bumping <laughs> into the same spot over and over and over again, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent. I'm the first guy to climb Mount Merrimack, where in Quebec, Nordique's Jersey. Wow, I've never heard so many Canadian words at once. What is Mount Merrimack, and who are the Quebec Nordicues? <laughs> <laughs> the Quebec Nordicues, or as we call them, Nordiques, were a famous boy band in the 1990s, and Mount Merrimack is the tallest mountain in Nova Scotia City. That is cool! I'm going to take your word for it and not fact check any of that information. Why would you need to? All the things I said are very famous and true. As I was saying, I'm the first guy to do it, wearing a Quebec Nordiques jersey. I was in the newspaper and everything. The NSCNYT? The one and only. I'm curious, what kind of pants did you wear? I'm sorry, what was that? I said, what kind of pants did you wear? You didn't climb up there Winnie the Pooh style, I assume. Nate, you can begin the show whenever you're ready. Brent, no. Okay, and I'm Nate. Let's start the show. 
This is what it sounds like when we do a podcast. We're currently doing one. This is the North American Friends Movie Club. Uh, and right in the name of our show is secret information for the people who are listening. And you can tell by the order of words what's important to us. Friends comes before podcast. So I got to ask my two dear friends, how are we doing? Well, um, I I'm have to go to the bathroom. Good. Wow, we really fucked that up. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we never do that. No, I know. You're doing fine. Is that what you said, Brent? I'm doing really good. I have a lot of energy today. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back in the workforce again. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. Happy to have you. Happy to be there. I'm going to not like. I'm going to be able, my, I'm going to have friends beside my dogs. You're going to have work stories. Yeah. Fresh so ones. That's, that's going to be nice. There's only so many stories about like the shenanigans I get myself into around the home, like poisoning myself and stuff like, like that. Like you've done pretty good, all things considered, keeping new material every week since you've only gone three places. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, like <laughs> That's impressive. Like right? when, I'm, when I'm unleashed back into the real world, God knows the shenanigans I'll get into. Can you share what you'll be doing? What do you mean? Like you're back in the workforce. What is? What are you going to be doing in the workforce? Oh, I'll, I'll be working in in the lab again. What do you do in the lab? I'm a, I'm a team lead in in uh, the lab specimen specimen accessioning area, and we deal with thousands of specimens ranging from blood to anything liquid or tissue in the body that can be tested. You're in. We are. Lots feces? of urine. Lots of urine. Lots of feces. Semen. Ew. Why are you testing semen? For motility. Oh. Make sure that you get, you if, once you get a vasectomy, make sure the little boys are not, uh, you know. Modal. You want them, you don't want them swimming. I thought the vasectomy kept the spermazoa from being in the semen. Sure. I thought it meant they just uh, chopped the whole thing off. No, no. You tie you tie the little tubes up, and then the, the boys get lost in the tubes. They can't get through the tubes, and they can't come out in the in the liquid. Do you guys ever test your own stuff? What do you mean? Like your own blood or your own urine, or that's probably against laws. No, what we we what we've done before was taken our own blood and spin it down to see the what what the result of eating fast food is in your blood right away oh what is the result oh your serum is super cloudy because of the fat cloudy serum so you spin it like you eat you, t you take it beforehand spin it down look at your serum and then you eat mcdonald's and then spin it down a couple hours later and it's cloudy interesting yeah Okay. Well, that's what I'm. That's, yeah, that's what. That's what I'm getting. Look forward to more exciting stories like that in the next coming months. I'm so glad that you're getting back at it. That that will be good. Yeah. So that's my exciting news. That's my exciting news for the day. How are you doing, Kate? So my daughter is ill, and she had to stay home from school today because she had some gastrointestinal issues that caused her to vomitus, and so then. I was like, oh, I have this lovely morning. I'm going to make myself food because I'm trying to eat at home more for health and financial reasons. And I bought some, uh, what would you call it? Italian sausage. And so I made some <laughs> Italian sausage. Sure. 
with why are you saying eggs. like this exotic ingredient <laughs> that you found at some underground market from an italian grandmother because i could think of the word sausage okay anyway so i made that and two eggs <laughs> and i bet my serum is cloudy now oh for sure like... because of the fat <laughs> and your sperm's shits right now it's, it's so modal right now <laughs> but i have so much energy have you guys heard of the blood type diet no so uh the idea and i i don't know a ton about it but the idea is that your blood type there's older blood types and newer blood types and depending on what blood type you have is how you can digest and get energy from certain foods and i have a really like i'm o positive which is like one of the older blood types so i don't get a lot of energy from modern farming methods so like if i eat pasta or breads like i'll get really sluggish and like if i eat leafy greens i don't digest those well but if i just eat like straight up eggs and beef or pork i get have so much energy and that is what i'm feeling right now so even though i have to go to the bathroom i'm feeling very energized and i'm feeling very positive and i love you guys you got yeah. that. Oh. Uh, you got that Missouri blood type. It's just eggs and sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Midwest lady. That's why I'm a sturdy girl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> sturdy, you're sturdy. That's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. believe in that diet. I believe that's just how everybody reacts to food. Well, I don't. You think everybody has a different reaction? Like some people can eat carbs complex carbohydrates and digest them and get energy from them differently. Some people do really well with fruit. Some people can't eat fruit. Nick is allergic to um, the enzymes in raw vegetables. So he can't eat raw vegetables. He has to cook them in order to not be allergic to them. I think I might have that too, honestly, because I feel almost always sick if I eat raw vegetables and totally 100% fine if I eat cooked vegetables. So That's a thing with fruit too. Yeah. That's the thing. He has certain fruit he can't eat. He can't eat strawberries. Can't eat. Oh, yeah, there's no, the best berry. I know. Poor guy. Strawberry, the best berry. What's the best berry? What would be blueberries? Pretty, also, pretty. Wait, dope. wait, wait, wait. Berry ranking uh, segment. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> I uh, I almost said pineapple, so I'm not you involved can't say in this. Pineapple. Is that a big berry, baby? <laughs> no. Well, pineapples? No. If it is, no. If it no. is, I hate science. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it. no. I would. I guess strawberries. Probably. Yeah. No. No. Raspberry. Mm. You, Blackberries. You guys know that I grow incredible raspberries. No. <laughs> yep. Every year I get. Uh, they're like. Do they grow off your fingers? Yep. They grow off of my body, uh, and I didn't tell you guys about that for 10 years, so I'm excited <laughs> to tell you about that now. I'm a raspberry guy. So, like, You have a bush? Yeah. I was going to make a, you said you made a bush joke, and I was going to make a blown raspberry joke. We're so on the same level. Where, do you really, though, grow them in your, like, your yard, or, like, where do you grow them? Yeah, I, I planted some bushes the first year we moved in here, and then they, there was no raspberries for two years. And now it's a raspberry explosion every year. Nice. Um, but yeah, I grow. They're like uh, golden raspberries. I sent you guys a picture. Oh my, look at that. Are they tart? They are so sweet. You would not <gasps> believe it. I didn't know that such a thing existed. I know. They me grow neither. in your palm. Wow. 
That looks delicious. They look like the old school ceramic um, Christmas tree lights. Mm, yes, they do, actually. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Nate, I would like to make a reflection on your hands. And <laughs> your hands do not look like hands of a working man. That's very we'll true. Say, yeah, that's... You have the most soft-looking hands it's, of a man. It's very uh, up there with Nick's soft hands. I uh, <laughs> am deeply insecure about it uh, because they're so soft. Why would you be insecure about that uh, at all? Because a man's supposed to have a, a hand that you shake it and you, it slices you up. Like no. it cuts, cuts, cuts your hand. No, you just need a firm. I like to have a firm handshake from a very soft hand that you could think was satin. For years, I've been on purpose not wearing gloves, hoping that my hands will get <laughs> hard <laughs> when I do like woodworking and stuff. No, nothing. Nothing helps them there. I was born soft-handed. I'll die with the softest hands my on My man's supple. My man is supple. My boy's got some supple hands. I sent a picture of my hand in the underneath the raspberry picture. Oh, let me see. Does that look more manly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's worked a little more. Well, you're spreading your fingers out really What does far. that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Just it'd kill you to give me a compliment, wouldn't yeah. it? I have a. I'll show you my. I have the roughest hands of all of us. I have a callus underneath my ring finger. I have a burn scar by my thumb. Look at that. That's a rough hand. This is amazing podcasting, by the way. <laughs> Talking about pictures of our hands. Yeah. Man, <laughs> man, sent the raspberry, golden raspberry, and now we're sending hand picks. Look how much rougher my hand looks compared to Nate's. Look how many lines my hand has. Nate Nate doesn't even have fingertips. You've been working the plow? What's going on over there? Yeah, wrestling ox or what? I just have really dry man hands. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not known for my soft hands. I like how your watch band is uh, the most dad-coded watch band I've ever seen. (laughs) It is a man's watch that I wear. Yeah. Why do you have two uh, things to slide into? I don't know. That's just the way that Timex made it. Mm. I, I, I love how passive aggressive we are. Getting, you two are getting about making fun of each other's hands. Oh, I don't feel passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, no, I didn't feel it at all. No, it's good. <laughs> no, it's going to come across in the episode. Oh, it is. When you, like- when you listen to it back, the audience is like, wow, they're really going at each other. I want to. I want to mention this, and I hope you leave it in, Nate. I want to encourage everyone to get rid of their smartwatches and go back to a standard old school watch because it really helps you stay more present when you're not being distracted all the time by what's on your wrist. It's really helped me. I think it's very funny that you thought that I would have cut that out. Like, we can't have the people hearing that. (laughs) (laughs) We can't have them hearing that. (laughs) <laughs> Nate, Nate, no, leave please, this in Nate, about watches. Please leave it in. I know it's controversial. <laughs> um, I want to say, can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Can I say one thing? You to... guys don't have to ask me permission to say things. <laughs> I'm going to leave everything you say in the show. <laughs> yeah, I want to say, especially to Kate, I got something to say oh, to you, to Missy. Uh-oh. Missy. And I want to say to all the other uh, American listeners, and that's Happy Thanksgiving. <gasps> oh, man. Thanks. This episode is released on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving. And here, but here's, I do have a bone to pick. And Nate, maybe you can back me up on this one. What is it about Americans and Thanksgiving that requires the whole week to be taken off? They definitely care. They, like they lean into it a lot more than we do. There's no doubt about and that. And this is coming straight from a jealous part of my heart. Oh, we could tell. Yeah. No, we could tell. Yeah. Like 
Thanksgiving break, I was was told by a, a, a teacher. He said, yeah, today's the last day before Thanksgiving break. Now, when I was a kid, we didn't get the whole week off. But now they get the whole week off. What? You guys get the whole fucking week off? Jewel, I don't from work. I do get Thanksgiving off, but I don't get any days off work. But Juliet doesn't have school at all next Whoa. week. Okay, so, so I the have, whole week of and she's And she's sick on the Friday before. Yeah, yes, yeah, so she was convenient. Because... Mm. She went. She wanted to go, and she. I always make her lunch, and she said, "Can I eat school lunch tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, but why?" She was like, "Because we're having Thanksgiving lunch," and I was like, "Oh man." Also, the Friday before a holiday at school—that's a pretty fucking chill day. You're going to be watching some movies. The teachers are all uh, clicking on the internet instead of paying attention. It's a good day. Not her teacher. Her teacher's like a drill sergeant. Uh. Well, their teacher might be a listener, so let's be careful what we say, because Juliet might have a tough year up ahead of her now. He's a French speaker, so probably not listening. I have a question for you, Kate. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving food? What's your favorite part? Now, no one's going to like this answer. No, probably not. I I like green bean casserole oh, man. and <laughs> deviled eggs. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I don't even need to say anything. Everyone else is going to take care of that for us. <laughs> Those are my two favorite. I mean, I love homemade rolls. Juliet's dad and mom make homemade rolls that are delicious, but I don't always get those. Well, I don't get them anymore because I divorced your father, but <laughs> it's it's basically like, oh, what, my favorite food sushi. Oh, what's your favorite kind of sushi? You're like rice, rice and water. <laughs> yeah. I like the paper they wrap yeah, it in. Rice and, r- uh, rice and water. I like seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's disappointing, and a lot of people are going to be upset. To say hey, you know turkey what? stuffing. I mean, sure. Say, no, Liv, this is what people listen to—the truth, and that's great. I just want to say that of all the controversial things that were said from episode one to now, that should get the most hate, and people should back off for me. It's more disturbing than the most disturbing thing that Gary's ever said by far. Yeah. Oh, I had an idea for Gary today. I forget what it was. It was super horny, too. Oh, no, you forgot it. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of Thanksgiving meals, that's what you have on Thanksgiving. And we watched the Thanksgiving movie in honor of you Americans that take the week off for one day, apparently. One meal. I got something on Thursday. It's like like those people that say, like, oh, I have a doctor's appointment on uh, Thursday, so I'm just not going to do anything. Sure. Um. Yeah. So yeah, for one meal and a parade and a couple football games. So the movie we watched is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. The only Thanksgiving movie ever made. I'm sure Charlie Brown had a Thanksgiving mm, movie. Didn't yeah, he? I think you're probably right. He's got. He's got probably. And so I think that uh, since it's your pick and it's your representing your country, Catherine, you should tell us what Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is about. You got it. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a movie by John Hughes, written and directed and produced from the mid-80s, I think 87, starring Steve Martin and uh, John Candy. Uh, Steve Martin plays a businessman who needs to get from New York to Chicago for Thanksgiving for his to see his wife and his three children. And he is trying to get to the airport, and lo and behold... Uh, John Candy steals his cab and John Candy is his name is Dell and Dell and Neil 
get into a series of traveling hijinks when the plane that they're on is diverted to Wichita. So instead of Chicago, they're stuck in Wichita. And then they end up sharing a hotel room together. And then they end up getting on a train that breaks down. And then they end up sharing another hotel room together. And then they get a car and the car catches on fire. And then they're on a bus and then the bus. And then they're inside the back of a 14, 18-wheeler. How many of her wheels the big things have? At least. And it turns out that Dell um, Del is a salesman of shower rings. And he's an excellent salesman. And at the beginning... Neil and Neil does not like Dell at all, but Dell really wears his heart on his shoulder and it's kind of a buddy comedy. And at the end, finally, Neil likes Dell and invites Dell over for Thanksgiving because he figures out that Dell had been lying and does not have a wife and family and that his wife had died many years previously. And it ends up being very nice. And I actually cried at the end of this movie. Oh. <laughs> it was very touching. The end. The end. You did a very good job, Kate, of describing it. And yeah. now it's time for us to describe our favorite parts of the film. My God, the, you're Wait, on first. fire. I'm fucking killing this right now. I never, I thought I saw this movie, but then I was 10 minutes in. I'm like, I've never seen this movie. I actually have never seen this movie either. It has been one of the movies. There's probably a list of about 20 movies or maybe 30 that I'm like, I know I will watch one day, but haven't yet. And this was one of them for sure. I had seen it and I had not loved it. And I think I liked it the most, this most recent watching, Mm -hmm. because I laughed out loud several times and I don't think I did before. I enjoyed it quite, quite. I don't know. I I lost the word quite. Quite a bit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I almost said highly. I was like, that's weird to say. Um, don't you guys hate that when you do that? When you're yep. three quarters way through a sentence, you don't know how to finish mm-hmm. it, and then the, you pick the word, and you say the word out loud, and then it's like everyone knows, oh, he fucked up. It's obvious. So you guys had to help me with sausage. <laughs> Couldn't remember Rude. the word sausage. I feel bad for Jules because she was looking forward to Thanksgiving meal today at school, and you're like, no, no, you're sick. Go eat your eggs and sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud, which is very rare for me in a movie. I laughed out loud, especially a almost 36-year-old movie. Um, yeah. it, it made me laugh, and I got really emotional at the end. Did you, too? I did. I, like, I started to feel like I, I could cry if I just wasn't dead to the world. Yeah. My perception of Steve Martin was formed so much by this period of his acting, this sort of, like, late 80s into the 90s where he plays this character a lot like not a Uh funny guy just a guy who is annoyed and angry yes uh and so i think that while i was watching this i was like this has a lot to do with how i how i thought about steve martin before we watched the jerk and the jerk gave me like some perspective on what why he's funny and and what he's good at that it's kind of interesting because this doesn't use any of that. None of his silliness, none of his like uh, even charmingness. He's kind of charming in the jerk. Uh, uh-huh. This is he, he's in this mode of playing characters where he's a very grumpy dude. And then at the same time, this is before people realized what John Candy could do. And they were casting him as like, 
a disgusting buffoon. And he shows like little glimpses in this movie. Well, big glimpses in this movie of how incredible he is as a heartfelt person. Such emotional range. He's it, it, there's the, the first scene where it happens is when they're having a, their first fight in the hotel room and Steve Martin is going mm. off on him Like so mean. And John Candy's just standing there looking at him with the saddest face you've ever seen. But he's, it's also like still has some strength. You're like this guy, we lost such a, such a hero in this guy. I can't even, he would have become Robin Williams, right? Like, I completely agree because in that scene, you can see like his face is stoic, but you can see him breathing heavy. So mm-hmm. you could see that he's like managing his emotions mm-hmm. while this man is just taking him down. And he takes this, I mean, that makes you so endeared to him because he then defends himself. And I, I just love the line where he's like, well, I like myself and my wife likes me too. Like, yes. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Everybody else's opinion of you is none of your business. Like, if they don't like you, fuck them. Like, I'm into it. And he's also very annoying. So it's both. <laughs> like, he's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. He, I, that's why, I don't know, I got emotional at those two parts where he's getting berated in the hotel room by Steve Martin. And at the end where Steve Martin's hugging his wife and he's, like, staring at them. And I get, I got emotional at those two parts. And he did such a good fucking job acting those parts out. It's, um like, he seriously would deserve an award for his performance because it's like he could make he he made me laugh out loud and he also made me like almost tear up and that's that's great he was so good and we yeah it would be interesting to see what he would have done with the rest of his career if he didn't die he you you can see so many seeds for like danny mcbride zach galifianakis even Mm -hmm. will ferrell like all of these guys this is to me this is a lot of that comes from John Candy's performance, uh, the mix of like uh, a buffoon, but then just true dramatic act. Because he's not overacting. He's not overacting. Not at all. Yeah. It's more subtle, which makes it more grounded. And I think like a recommendation for younger people that have no idea who John Candy is or know anything about John Candy. Um Watch some of his old movies because I'm one of those people that now that I'm 41, like I grew up around John Candy, but I never appreciated it until now when I see him in these movies. Like, wow, he was so goddamn good. Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should we need to watch Uncle Buck on here. That's what that's what I got confused with. I knew I saw Uncle Buck, and I got confused. I thought I saw this one. After this movie, he doesn't really do this guy as much anymore. He goes, he goes black sheep of the family. He goes like a guy who's kind of out there, but he doesn't have the like basic um, rudeness, grossness, annoyingness. They actually just let him play a sweet 
big man. Like even in a later John Hughes movie, I think John Hughes did Home Alone. I might be wrong. Actually, I think I'm talking out of my ass. I'm going to just stop saying things and let you talk. (laughs) That kind of sounds familiar to me. Chris Columbus directed it. No, sorry. (laughs) But maybe John Hughes Home Alone, maybe he produced it. He did something with it. I'll, I'll put money on it. I'm putting my mortgage on it right now. You, no, someone can have my house if I'm wrong. Don't say it. Uh, John Hughes completed the first draft of Home Alone in just nine days. Somebody owes me a house. Uh, my favorite John Candy movie is The Great Outdoors. That might be one of my yep. favorite movies of all time in general. That's with Dan Aykroyd, right? Yeah. Um, Post-COVID is real, is super real and I, I never realized how real it is until I saw the scene where they're asleep on Steve Martin's shoulders in a plane and the old man coughs. Mm-hmm. It just made me cringe. Like I'm like, oh the world has changed. Yeah. And I'm like, I that was disgusting to me. And before COVID, it's like, ah, that's that's what happens. So co- post COVID is real and traveling is the worst. Absolute the worst. Yes. And everything goes wrong. Like Neil Steve Martin's character, nothing goes right for him, almost to an absurd degree. Mm-hmm. And that is frustrating. I think that's why I didn't like it when I was younger. Like, it's not that I didn't like it. I just thought it was kind of boring. Um, but I just don't like it when it's like, it's kind of boring when you just know that like, oh, this is just going to go wrong. It's not going to work out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, how hard is it to drive? I mean, the other thing is, but I did love this movie because it takes place in Missouri of all fucking places, which is ridiculous um, that they stop in Jefferson City, which is where my grandparents lived my entire life. Now, do you take that as a good thing or as an insult? I am a realist. Like, I've been there. Like, no one's going on vacation to Jefferson City, Missouri. You know what I mean? Like it's a fine place to live. Like I had family there. Like I have good associations with it, but it would, it's like Wichita. It's like, what name some other places. I don't know. Like Festus Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton. Yeah, like, I can't say nothing. Cause I live in like a tourist destination. And I don't feel like they made fun of it. I just think it, they made it what it is, which is just a stop in the road. Like it's just, good. that's a good perspective to have. Yeah. Either this movie doesn't, understand geography or i don't understand geography because in my head chicago is like a two-hour drive from new york no way it's six hours from st louis it would be an eight or nine hour drive from jeff city you say jeff city yeah is that what we're doing now (laughs) we are are and i approve is that what is that what we're gonna we come to Mm -hmm. okay yep that's what the cool kids call it I wrote down that I thrive in these situations. Like I don't have um, a lot of skills that are useful in life, Mm -hmm. but when shit is just consistently going wrong and could not be going wronger, this is where uh, like I become the big Lebowski. I'm just fucking floating through life. I'm good to go. No, I'm not like that. This is you and Brent to like, this is your movie. Like, I feel like if you two were to play a movie together, yeah, it would be Brent mm-hmm. is Steve Martin and you are mm-hmm. John Candy mm-hmm. in these specific characters for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if I pay for something and I'm giving you, I'm purchasing what you're saying and what you're offering. So that should happen. 
And when it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, I'll get cranky. Yeah. You would have yelled at the rent-a-car lady. 100%. And, and I'd rather die than yell at a rental car lady. Me too. No, I wouldn't. Me too. I, I, don't, I wouldn't yell at her. Here's, here's, I'm gutless in the fact that if face-to-face, I wouldn't yell at her. But if I was on the phone with her, all my voice would be... I, I, I'll show you a screenshot from a text I had with Melissa where I was speaking with a representative the other day, and I raised my voice. And the thing that I call for got done. I think it's a tone of voice, though. I think you can say things sternly without saying, wipe that fucking smile off <laughs> your goddamn <laughs> face. I would rather be told to wipe the fucking smile off my face than have a passive aggressive firm comment made in a nice voice. So I'll, I'll also address this from the customer service side, because that's the majority of my job. And it's interesting. If someone is very angry, they get a fast result. Like if I have Mm -hmm. a grumpy motherfucker, it's going to get done fast, Mm -hmm. but they'll never, ever, ever get anything extra. Yeah. And if someone is nice to me, it might not go as fast, but they will get more good stuff. So you got to decide, do you want it fast or do you want extra? If I'm not dealing with them ever again, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Where if I was, if I had a working relationship with them, then I'll be nice. And I love it when people are mean to me as a psychotherapist, because then that just gives me so much to work with. And I, and I just kill them with kindness. And then they, they end up apologizing to me later. And I love it. Mm. That does happen to me every now and then with customer service where someone will come in so hot and then I'll be totally reasonable. And then they'll write back like, Oh, thank you so much. Sorry. (laughs) uh, Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, got you adult. (laughs) I only do that if I know I'm a hundred percent correct. Then I look. Then I look like the good, like good at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> where we differ in characters, where Steve Martin and myself is, I agree. I'll be the Steve Martin character, but in real life, I would. Uh, if Nate had the connections like John Candy had, I would follow that man anywhere. I'd follow him right to hell if he told me mm-hmm. to go. I love people with connections that take care of the work for mm. me. That's that is very much like my dad. Where we go somewhere and my dad knows the guy and the guy knows my dad because my dad is a recognizable character. Mm-hmm. John Candy sized human. <laughs> What's uh, that mean? I mean, my dad and John Candy have the exact same body. Oh, type. Big presence. Big presence. Big, <laughs> like, presence. big presence. Yeah. Uh, but it is always because I'm not really like that. I, I have lots of really good friends, but a very you know, small circle. My dad just everywhere we fucking go, he knows somebody. So that's very John Candy coded. Ooh, John, John Candy, Candy coded. I like coded. that. John Candy coded. I like that <laughs> a lot. The t-shirt. That's the t-shirt. Um, when he was um in the hotel, in the motel for the first night with um Steve Martin, he's having a cigarette on the vibrating bed with the house coat. That's living, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good life. That looks that, so comfortable. That's what I wrote down the I'll th- I would thrive in this situation note because I would just make it work. You know, if I walked out, this is where I differ from the Steve Martin character again. If I walked out and Nate was having a cigarette, there was beers on the table. He had the vibrating bed, black and white TV, having a rip in a heater on the bed. I'd sit down house coat with him. That would be Hell living. Yeah. That's yeah. Little things in life, and that's what one of those are. We wouldn't have been in a rush to get home. We'd have just no. been having a good time. <laughs> I would have called Melissa. I'm, like, I'm stuck in Wichita. Storm yeah. for more days. Have a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, sorry. Save me the neck. Save the neck for me, Clark. 
we can agree that Jeff City had the worst snow in the whole movie, right? That hard, dirty, packed, oh, dry oh, stuff. Brent, oh, I hate it. Brett, I wrote down as a snow guy, yep. which I am. Yeah, I'm a snow guy. Me too. I could tell right away that was real snow in this movie. Oh, 100%. It's dirty as shit. You fall on that <laughs> stuff, I'd rather fall into a pit of cactuses than fall on that hard, <laughs> packed snow. It's dry. It's the sharpest and hardest thing known oh, to yeah. man. It's is that how you got your concussion? Was it that kind of snow? No, that I had the, the we had the Chicago type of snow. Well, I was the soft Fluffy. stuff. Yeah, mm. that slick big city snow. Oh, that April snow though, where it's dirty and it's hard oh. and dry. I hate it. I could throw up thinking about it. I can't stand it. It's the worst <laughs> thing ever. Oh. No, it was really, it was actually really noticeable in this movie because even there was one scene where the car had icicles on it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just one of those details that like, that's only happens in when they do it in the real place. They, they can, they can't fake an icicle on a car, you know? And you can't CGI that type of snow. That technology no. is not available. I know it's no. not. It's not. You <laughs> can't do it. It's impossible. It's a, it's a substance and a texture that only mother nature can create. And there's not enough processors in the world or video cards or whatever they use. Yeah. NVIDIA ain't got nothing on the Lord. It cannot replicate that texture. It's horrible. God's texture. How <laughs> many um, How many credit cards do you guys have? Like, would you be able to travel? Like, if you lost all your cash? I'd be so fine. I'd be. That's one of the... Uh, changes in the last 30 years is even if the wallets get destroyed, you got the credit cards on the phone. Yeah. yeah. As long as I have my phone, I can I get anywhere. You could tap in Jeff City these days. Yeah, you can even true. tap in Jeff City. Yeah, like Jeff City would know what hit it. And marijuana is legal in Missouri, so you. I'd have been having such a great weekend. <laughs> You'd be I'd have been fine. having the time I eating every meal at the diner, just loving it. Uh, you guys, do you guys have diners club cars cards? No, I never. They're knew what still that was. around. Yeah, they're like one of the oldest credit cards. What does it get you? It. So it was just for restaurants. So like back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember this. It was like credit cards weren't like, here's a visa for you could use anywhere. It was like specific credit cards for specific types of commerce. Do you have department store cards and restaurant cards and gas station cards? And like, it's not really like that too much anymore. I'm so glad it's not like that anymore. I can't keep track of the shit I got going right now, man. Like your liquor store would have its own credit card. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do the chick chick thing. Oh, the, the the old paper copy thing? Chick chick. So much paperwork back in the 80s. That's why there's a lot of fires. <laughs> the, the part that made me laugh the hardest was when they're going to throw the trunk in the back of the truck. And he's like, no, let her do it. And his wife gets out <laughs> of the car and he's like, she's small, but she's tough. When she had a baby, it came it out sideways. sideways. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? It reminded me of you saying that you could do uh, mule work. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I was pulling trash from my garage to the curb uh, on Monday, and I was thinking of you, Nate, because I was dragging something really heavy, and I was like, "I'm doing mule work." Doing mule work. <laughs> I could do this all week. Yeah. yeah. That's the scenes with the part of the movie where they got in the the car to drive that was in the rental car that um john candy rented that was the funniest part of the movie to me um so many funny things happened especially when he said um 
that they're talking about the things that bother each other. And he said, well, you do a lot of things that bother me. And he's like, well, name one. He's like, well, you play with your balls a lot. And that whole thing <laughs> so was very weird. funny. And but when he and then Steve Martin's character was getting upset about it, he's like, you know what I wish? And then he said, <laughs> yeah, a couple extra balls and more fingers. That was the best line of the movie. I fucking died laughing, which was so odd for me to do that, especially a almost 40 year old movie. Uh, when he said that it was so funny. And I got a little surprise uh, in the in the the rankings later for one scene that I'm not going to talk about. Um, and I also, my last note was I really liked when he said like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream just goes with the mm-hmm. flow. That's Nate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's who? Nate. Nate. I was going to say, I thought you said me and no, I was just no, going to let no. that land. I've seen your, <laughs> you sent a picture of your schedule on your phone. You do not go with the flow. Uh, I would argue that I actually do. You create the flow. I create the flow that I go with. You are the flow. I am the flow. When I I lifted my arms up in the air like a team scored a goal when the train first shows up in the movie, I'm like, yeah! Like Kermit, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, when they get on the bus, I said out loud, buses too? (laughs) (laughs) This has everything. This thing's got every kind of transportation. Yeah, this is a big, yeah, this is a big you movie, yeah. For sure. This is a big movie for transport guys. <laughs> mass, mass transport guys. I bet when that train broke down, Nate would have just walked up to the, the, the guy, the engineer, and been like, what's going on? Let me see what I can do. Yeah, looking <laughs> under the hood of the train. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a little pen light in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you put your conductor's hat on. You're like, guys, I've yeah. been here before. Yeah, I have it with me. For my business trip. He <laughs> carried around like a bottle glove to a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Are you guys prepared for the official planes, trains, and automobiles quiz? I yeah. am ready. Does anyone else have any more notes they would like to say about the movie? Uh, my only last, my final note is that... Uh, Bigger twist at the end than the sixth sense. Mm. That's what I wrote. Yeah. Bigger twist. Yeah. And they both involve <laughs> dead people. Because yeah. his wife is dead? Yeah. It came out, the credits came up, and I saw John Hughes. I thought this was an M. Night Shalomon movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, M. Night got me back, got me again. Wait, I, before we do the quiz, who would be the, the plane? The tr- obviously, Nate's the train. I would yeah, be, I think I would be the automobile and Kate would be the plane. Yeah, I okay. agree with that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Question number one. <laughs> In the scene where Kevin Bacon makes an appearance and they are racing to the cab on either side of the street, Kevin Bacon gets tripped up and in a little uh, traffic jam on the sidewalk in front of a hotel. What was the name of the hotel? Oh, goodness. Was Good it gracious. the Hotel Ruby, the Hotel Veronica, the Hotel Elise, or the Hotel Palmer? Who's mm. first? Um, this week, it's going to be Nathan. I'm going to say Hotel Palmer. Okay. I'm going to say Elise. Kevin Bacon gets be stuck behind some luggage in front of the Hotel Elise. Good job, Catherine. Yes. 
John Candy stole his cab, and that's how the whole movie started. When the cab pulls away, there's a close-up shot of a puddle. What two objects were in said puddle? Good gracious. Was it lipstick and a condom wrapper? Q-tip and a rubber band? Hairbrush and a receipt? Cigarette butt and change? What was the second one? Uh, Q-tip and rubber band. I'm going with that. Uh, I noticed the condom, so I'm going with lipstick and condom. You, mm. sir, have just outed yourself as a sexual predator because there was no <laughs> condom. It was a oh Q-tip and a rubber band. No, that was a condom. No, that was a condom. Oh, no, Nate. You can't cut that out. You pervert. No, that was a condom. No, that was a condom. There's no... He saw a rubber band. He's like, oh, that's a condom. <laughs> Ah, that worked out perfectly. Question number three. We talked about Doobie and his uh, his cab that uh, had some pornographic material in it. What type of car was Doobie driving? Was it a Packard, a Dart, a Bel Air, or a Bonneville? Mm, damn. I'm going to say Bonneville. Yep. I'm going to say Bel Air. I think that's wrong, though. Doobie was... Taxiing people around in a red Bonneville. This is annihilated. Whoa, no. Nate is on the board. I was going to say that. Um, We talked about in uh, our favorite parts of the movie, where they stayed in a motel and John Candy was living it up in a house coat and a vibrating bed. What was the room number? 112, 114, 111, or 115? I'm going to say 112. Yeah. 115. The hotel room that they stayed in was across from room 111, 114. He's heating up! Brent's Brent is on the board. We got a 2-1-1 game happening right now. We got a barn burner, folks. We also talked about different types of credit cards used for specific type of things. And the only one that John Candy had on him was for a chain of big and tall shops in the Pacific Northwest. How many stores are in this chain in the Pacific Northwest? Pacific Northwest. Was it six, nine, eight, or seven? I'm going to say six. Okay. I think it's eight. He's heating up! The big and tall store had seven. Seven stores in the pacific northwest so that means brent is now tied for the lead with catherine and nate is a distant one behind um the bus station had um a list of destinations on the the board behind them which one was not listed which town city is not listed on the board and which one did i make up Mm. your options are st louis Tennessee. Memphis or Akron? Tennessee. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee as well. You guys are both correct. The answer is Tennessee. I made that one up. Because mm. it's a state, not a city. Fuck, I knew I, I fucked myself. <laughs> God right. damn it, Brent. God damn it in your stupid brain. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're such a failure. Uh, <laughs> the scene where Steve Martin was going... Um, 
to use the payphone. He walks by an arcade. The very first arcade cabinet, the very first game that was there was being played by man. What was the game? Asteroids? Galaga? Pac-Man? Or Frogger? Uh, Galaga. Okay. Galaga. Damn it. The correct answer is Galaga. Kate with the gamesmanship for the win. She knew she had you right in the corner and she snapped your fucking neck. Yeah, she went. Gentle, gentle. You're not going to see, you're not going to see Thanksgiving. Yeah. Be thankful that I did this quick. Say hello to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, this is, I know that Kate puts all her notes in her phone when she just, so I decided I'll do that. So I got on the exercise bike and I was cycling along, watching the movie and put my notes in the phone, but my hands were got sweaty and there was a lot of misspellings and uh, <laughs> the four um, answers for that question were Galaga um, and asteroids were spelled correctly, but instead of Pac-Man, it's pan man. And instead of Frogger, <laughs> it's Frigger with three G's. Frigger. <laughs> it's a different game. So congratulations, Catherine. Nice, Thanks, nice guys. Done. That was a good one. And you know what I'm thankful for? Mm. The both of yous. Oh, oh my god. You guys want to give out some medals? Yeah. Yeah. We're handing out medals. Uh, who did you guys give your bronze medal to? You want me to go first? I'll go first. My bronze care or medal goes to the guy who played Owen, which is Dylan Baker. He is the guy that did the dip work. He made me laugh really, really hard. And he stole that scene. He was only in it for like 45 seconds, but he was really good. He made a big impression on me. He was definitely going to be my bronze medal winner right up until the car rental scene. And then we meet Edie McClurg, who is the redheaded car rental lady. She was in everything in the 80s and 90s. Oh, man. I she miss really her. was. I miss her. I, I hope everything's going okay. because She's alive. Okay, good. Uh, she gets my bronze medal. I thought uh, I loved I loved her performance. I love uh, Midwest lady who don't take no shit. Very Kate. Oh. Sturdy gal. Hey, she's also from Kansas City, Missouri. Hell so. yeah. She's 78. For her, love that. I'm gonna give mine to the little girl who played Marty, his daughter, because I just thought she was so darling, and her name is Olivia Burnett. I just thought she was a cute little kid. I'd want to go home. I know she. He didn't have any turds for kids, so really, like, you get how why it was like nice to go home because there's probably a lot of businessmen that are. Not too keen on going home. Oh, I wouldn't want his wife was she was an odd duck. It's such a weird ending where like he comes home and everyone's like happy to see him and it's normal and his wife then like comes down the stairs and I felt like I'm supposed to understand something that I'm not understanding. Like she forgave him or something. Like they 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 play that scene like yeah. So strange. Cause instead of just being like, Hey honey, glad to see you're home. She like stands there and looks at him and he looks at her and like, what? She gave him a hard time about being stuck in Wichita. Maybe she just like resents him for always being away. Or maybe she was mad that they, he like forced them to buy the house at the, um, 
Home Alone. I wrote down Home Alone House, and I didn't have time to bring it up. But yeah, it is Home that's Alone what House. The was. So we're doing silver. Silver. My silver award goes to Mr. Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. It was. It was mine too. He yeah, plays I feel like the we're grumpy. About to- yeah, it's going to be a Hydra. It's going to be a double Hydra to finish this out, I think. Yeah, big Taylor sister moment. Um, he was good. He was excellent. He was he was exactly what he had to be in that character, which was funny. Uh, it's it's apt that this is a turkey because yeah. it's ho- it's Halloween. It's Thanksgiving. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. I love Steve Martin, and I think he did a great job. But uh, I liked the other guy more. So that's why Steve gets the silver. Yeah, I would say this podcast has uh, taught me to appreciate Steve Martin a little bit more than I did before. Uh, me too. Me I was too. pretty anti Steve Martin, actually, I would say. Me too. Now I would say I'm pro Steve Martin, at least close to pro. Me too. Uh, he gets my silver for sure. I don't. It, you got, what were you going to say? No, you guys agree that he should have received the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, which he did in 2005. Yeah, he deserves and it. And a Lifetime Achievement Award from AFI in 2015. Maybe. He was ranked sixth place in a list of the 100 greatest stand-up comics. That's yeah. ludicrous. You've Very never seen ludicrous. a stand-up, though. So we do, don't need to. I think that's a good point. I've never... I love stand-up. I've sought out almost all the stand-up in the world. I still haven't seen Steve Martin, so how can he be six? Yeah. We had his record growing up, his stand-up record. It was hilarious. It was very good. Anyway, gold. I think we all gave our gold. We got a green bean casserole. We got John Candy. The candy John man. John Candy coated. John Candy coated. So what else can you say? He made me cry. He made me laugh. He did it all. Yeah, he's a, he's a a treasure. I've told this story on the podcast before. I remember where I was when I found out he died. I was in the parking lot of the Beaver Lumber with my father. Uh, and yeah, we lost we lost a great one. We lost a real one today. We lost a real one. <laughs> the Beaver Lumber is so good. It's so fitting for that's John Candy to find out where John Candy died is in the Beaver Lumber. Yeah. Did you guys notice in that first uh, when they're waiting at the airport and he's reading the Canadian book and it has like some lady with a swimsuit on the cover and it's like Canadian something mounted Canadian, Canadian mounted. Mount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. I bet he I was, brought that. Yeah, that was like, I, a, bet he I bet you he um, he brought it and he didn't tell Steve Martin he was going to raise it up. Yep. And he just tried to do it as a gag. Yep, that's like, a- actually I, I would put a lot of money on it. Yep. I would bet a lot of money. Uh. Well, that's it. We 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 did. We finished out with a double turkey gobble gobble um, casserole with a side of deviled eggs. Yum! You guys want to give this movie a rating? Yeah, I'd love a second helping. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Slow down there. The script for this movie. What did you guys think about the script for this movie? Um, I I thought it was great. Um, it was probably very easy to write because not a lot of characters, and it's pretty linear. Um, I did got confused with the whole relationship with Steve Martin's wife. 
So mm-hmm. I can't give it a 10. So I have to give it a um, a nine. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. And I don't know why, but I am. I didn't love, I didn't love the script and the movie does drag a little bit. Like I definitely, a test for me is if I look at how much time is left in the movie and about the hour mark, I looked at how much time was left in the movie and I said, Oh, another half an hour still. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. This movie's carried for sure by the performances. So I'm going to go eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. fine. Funny enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art direction for this movie is uh probably the one of the worst ones in my opinion uh not as bad as bean but there's there's nothing to look at here uh very dreary but i guess it is the winter uh everywhere are we gonna are we gonna like penalize it i think that was the point you didn't want to make you wanted to look like (sighs) they were having a terrible time you're right it's a good point it's supposed to be the worst motel ever the worst supposed to be the worst bus ever yeah the worst yeah so I don't know if I want to penalize for it. I feel like if that's the direction they went in, they did a great job. So we should probably score it high. So I'm going to give it, I can't know for sure. So I'll say an eight. I'm going to go seven. I just, you sandbagging bastard. Yeah, nothing, nothing was working for me in that department. It's hard snow. I know it is. <laughs> I really liked uh, John Candy's outfits and I liked his PJs, which were very ugly. Um, and I liked how the side table when he was at the motels were filled with detritus and whoozy whatsies. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Uh, the music for this movie is weird. Bizarre. Actually <laughs> fucking bizarre. Cause there's parts where I really liked it. I thought it was very funny. They would do lots of like dramatic stings to like punctuate a joke and like a full <laughs> orchestra doing a like waka 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 wah kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and then they'd have like this insane synth music, uh, very eighties. Like it was so fucking weird. So I don't, I have no idea how I'm going to score this. So there were popular songs that were bangers, but I think they were sung by not the artists. Mm. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight. I hated the music except for the, the one banger, so and that's messing around by Ray Charles. So it does it can't get a ten, obviously, because everything was horrible except for that. But it can't go below an eight because of messing around. Uh the minute I heard messing around, I said, This is, he, that's a banger, and there's no way Brent's not gonna say that's a banger. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. I would dock this. I would give this such a hard score. Like I would be in the six territory if mm-hmm. it didn't uh, do the funny orchestra stuff, and that bumps it up uh, 1.5 points. I'm giving it a 7.5. Nice. We've all played the <laughs> piano on the dash. We've all oh, played yeah. the piano on the dash. Oh, Certainly. Yeah. Do you think kids are still playing the piano on the dash, or is that no? Uh, no. Yes. Yes. No, they're doing something stupid, like dropping the the, the beat to something when they put the Put the beat turn signal. Drop. Yeah, that's what they do when they they hit the right turn signal, and that's the beat drop. I guarantee. You Instead of playing like the dashboard piano, they just like move the knobs like turntables. Exactly, Nate. That's what I was trying to think of. You nailed it perfectly. That's what they're doing, and it would make me mad in the car. Play the piano on the dash. Uh, this is an American comedy film. That's all. That's and that's right. There's no travel comedy. There's you know you could say maybe road trip comedy. I guess is a kind that. Hmm. 
Hmm. We've seen the hangover kind of, yeah. uh, but just an American comedy film as an American comedy film. What would you rate this movie? A six. Oh, wow. She likes the really? heart, but the comedy, she don't like that. It's not as funny as she wants. No, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. Bumps it up to a seven. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like how you're like play by playing the score. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Brent's, Brent's about to make a score here. It looks like he's setting up to make a score. I thought it was really funny, and I'm, I want to give it a low score because I want to be like Kate, but I can't. I'm going to have to give it an 8.5. 8.5 on a comedy scale. Um, Heart. I think it's medium funny. It's th- There's definitely parts that I laughed out loud, which is not super common. Uh, I'm not especially when I'm watching movies by myself, I'm not a laugh out loud kind of guy, but I think there's probably two or three moments in this movie where I laughed out loud. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go eight. This is an eight comedy. movie. Fair. Fair. If uh, this category gets a little funky because we can't do our theme of the month. Cause this is not based on a novel. This is a special, this is a Thanksgiving special. Yeah. Uh, we should have made a bigger deal about that. We should say it's a Thanksgiving special, uh, the special episode for Thanksgiving. Turkey, turkey, gobble, gobble. Uh, turkey, turkey, gobble, gobble. So at, <laughs> if you like, oh my. I, I think you the just ball. have to say if you like somebody, if you knew somebody who liked American comedy movies, a friend. Or, or how somebody. about we do this? Not to stamp on your toes there. Stamp on them. If your favorite holiday was Thanksgiving, would you recommend this movie? Sure, sure. To represent your favorite holiday. Yeah. Would you do that? You have to. Yeah, I mean, I give it. A, I'll give it the first ten because that's. I'll give it a ten. Traveling at, for Thanksgiving is fucking terrible, and especially when you're staying somewhere for a week now. Um, yeah, it's a ten. Yeah, uh, and there's just no Thanksgiving movies. Maybe someone will correct us and and be like, obviously, this is the most famous Thanksgiving movie, The Turkey Trot, or something. I don't know. I love. I hope so. Turkey Trot. Yep. But. As far as I know, it's the only Thanksgiving I ever heard of. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with you guys. We'll finish it off with the turkey for Thanksgiving. I'll give it a 10. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're surrounded by the loved ones and enjoying some food that you find delicious. And you guys are all having laughter. This is from Canada. And it does speak that they don't have to be family to be around your table. They just have to be loved. Oh my god, that was so sweet. No, no, Brent, 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 keep going. I gotta still do calculators, so keep telling people things to be thankful for. You gotta I just feel you have like to, you gotta vamp, man. You gotta vamp. If if you're there and you don't know people that well, that's fine. You get to know them, be thankful for their presence, even if their favorite meal was the green bean casserole and the deviled eggs, and they <laughs> ate all the deviled eggs and you didn't get any. It's still, true. do not hate on that person because it's you have a whole week to be thankful for this person. Be grateful they ate all the deviled eggs. Uh-oh, one of the numbers I came out to 10.5, so that can't be right. Keep going, Brent. <laughs> 10.5. My personal favorite thing about Thanksgiving is looking at all the food and all the, how everyone brings the dessert no matter what. So there's a pre-designated person to bring dessert, but everyone brings something. And then you got to be um, polite and try a little bit of all the dessert, and then you get sick. And that's my favorite part. Oh, I never do that. This movie gets a 41.7. This movie gets that's a 41.7. Cool. Right? Yeah, that sounds about right to me, too. I'm thankful that they made it. Now we have to choose our audience choice movie. 
for next week. All right. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Lord of the Rings, Gone Girl, American Psycho, Kill a Mockingbird, Muppets Treasure Island, Rising Sun, Harry Potter, Scrooged, Fellowship of the Ring, Hook, Shrek, Fight Club, Devil Wears Prada, Pride and Prejudice, Matilda, The Other Boiling Girl, Blade Runner, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Picnic at Hanging Rock, Twilight, Misery, A Single Man, Gone Baby Gone, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Pride and Prejudice, Charlie Wilson's War, Little Women, Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World, The Martian, LA Confidential, Wonder Boys, Nightwatch, Shawshank Redemption, Inker Taylor Soldier Spy, The Indian in the Cupboard, The Neverending Story, Out of Sight, The Last of the Mohicans, Wolf of Wall Street, Virgin Suicides. So many good ones. There's t- yeah, I have, uh, I have wrote down quite a few. I'm interested to see what you guys picked. Um, I wrote, I'll move backwards. So Virgin Suicides, Never Ending Story, Twilight, Fight Club, Lord of the Rings, American Psycho, Gone Girl. Um, I have LA Confidential. I have Gone Girl. And I would like to, I never saw a Harry Potter movie, so Harry Potter. So we had, I don't have crossover with either of you, but you both picked Gone Girl. So Gone Girl is the movie we are going to watch. No, what did you choose, Nate? You need to speak your truth. You have to be represented, Nate. The ones I picked were Muppet Treasure Island, Scrooge, Hook, Misery, Master and Commander, The Shank. Uh, and the other one that caught my attention that would make another two-two tie would be Never Ending Story. Uh, Never I, saw. It. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and it's a pretty wild uh, movie. I think we that would be kind of fun to watch. Yes, and it's a story within a story, a book about a book about a book. I'm down. I'm down. I never saw it, so I'm down. That would be way less depressing it's going to be a lot less depressing uh, a lot shorter i'm sure because it's for kids so they don't make you do a whole adult drama uh okay let's do never-ending story next week we're doing a lot of 80s movies golden age is golden age of cinema some say not me it's only an hour and 32 minutes we love that Falkor. what bastion atreyu is that the one with the big fucking dog in it yeah. Okay. I finally get to see what that guy's all about now. Yeah, you're gonna a lot of memes are gonna make more sense yeah, okay, after we watch this movie good. for sure. Good. I'm glad we're not doing the Indian in the cover. That name, I just don't like the name. I really liked that book and movie when I was a kid, but uh yeah, it's uh, quite the it's not the best name. And I feel like I I was gonna do the Muppets thing. I think I'd be too hyper if with a Muppet recording. I'm glad we did not for a reason that will remain hidden. Oh, secret teaser. Muppet. Someone <laughs> secret Muppets. Someone hates the Muppets. I like it. <laughs> no, no, no. No. So I don't think there's anything else left to say besides. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. What's that book about? Oh, this is something. Are you ready for an incredible ride? Yes, yes. To a fantasy kingdom? What are we waiting for? Then you're ready for the never-ending story. A tale where everything is bigger than life. I like children. For breakfast? A place to test your courage. And brave the fantastic adventures of your mind. Hang on for the never-ending story. 8 o'clock Wednesday on WLVI 56. I just wanted to hear, like, Holly Hunter say something funny. Oh,
I'm thankful for long cigarettes. 